This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good morning, Wisconsin. <laughs> we got, uh, we have a, a motley crew of, I say area positions of everybody talking today, which is awesome. <laughs> but we're doing uh, week seven. I say recap real quick. I like to, for the statisticians out there. And uh, by the way, how everybody doing? How's everybody doing out there that's uh, listening? Uh, and Amon, this, this is crazy. So, uh, Amon, I'm in Green <laughs> Bay, like down the street from you. You're in Houston. Ebo's at some whack-ass Tool concert. We got some kid named Nathan answering phones, and Nelson's running the board. I feel like this is the bizarro episode of Seinfeld where it's like Jerry's apartment's flip-flopped around. Like, what the hell's going on around here today? Hey, it's, uh, we're in the multiverse. We're in another dimension right now where everybody has different jobs, but similar. Because <laughs> we're still talking Packer football. We're still recapping and talking about uh, this uh, last week's game and uh, this upcoming weekend's game. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird in uh, Midwest Family Broadcaster going on right now. Hey, we're all professionals, Amon Green, and I'll start with you. Hey, before we get to uh, last week and this week, how great was uh, was your event on Sunday? I heard, so I got Amon, you know this as a, as a fellow dad, I got sandbagged at a youth swim meet that was only supposed to take two hours, and I had to wait five hours for my daughter to swim her last week's event. I didn't get out of there almost ten minutes before kickoff, but I did hear the event at uh, the Auto Center was incredible. They said the Linos are on the block. You did have the video games out. Everybody said Amon Green's even cooler in person than they thought or heard. How great was the uh, the event at Badger City this weekend? Oh, uh, man, the event was great. We we were able to play some Madden. I was able to have some uh, PSA, uh, PSA um, teaching lessons, you know, after-school programs where we're talking about this is how you win, this is how you lose the right way. But we had a good time. And we watched uh, the game. We watched part of the game um, before I had to hit the road. But meeting people there in Madison for the first time, a lot of them first acquaintances, and it was great. You know, to meet Luke and his crew, his team, and family there at uh, Badger City Auto was a great experience. I can't wait to do it again. And uh, we talked a lot, um, me and myself and Luke, and so we might be doing more things down the road. So, Amon, you're in Houston. What's what's the deal, dude? Are you trying to get your job back with the Texans? Because I mean, their running backs do stink. I bet you'd be better right now than you know Carlos Hyde. Are you are you you got a tryout today, or what's 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 going no, on? No, 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 nothing like that. Just down here on uh, family stuff. So we have family down here that we haven't seen. At a have a new, uh, I say, new addition to the family. So I had to come visit and um, visit the little baby boy. So that's what we're doing. So I, love just, just, uh, I love it. I love it. So give me Amon Green's take. The un the unvarnished uh Charger or before we get to the Chargers, the Chief uh recap, you know, Patrick Holmes doesn't play was close to the baby some people thought Amon, but at the end of the day the Packers get a win. Uh, what was your takeaway of that game Sunday night? Takeaway from the game, starting off with Aaron Jones, man. We're gonna start with the stats. So thirteen rushes for sixty seven yards, seven receptions for one fifty nine and two touchdowns, which was a, a total of two hundred twenty six yards of total offense. Um that I did my homework. So the most receiving yards I had in the game was nine targets, nine times, nine receptions, um seventy eight seventy eight yards, no touchdowns. And I was in two thousand versus the Buccaneers at the end of the season when it was like negative fifteen uh, <laughs> that year, uh that game and we finished nine and seven. So Hats off to him. Hats off to Matt LaFleur to getting, keeping the running backs in the run game or in the offense as he promised 
after the Bears game, which was the first game of the season. Jamal Williams having seven rushes for 22 yards and a spectacular catch and spectacular throw by himself and Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the, uh, the second half of that game. And then my man Aaron Rodgers, the bad man up north, uh, the king of the north right now. He was 22 for 33, 305 uh, passing, three touchdowns. Um, the only bad part, he was, he was sacked five times, but that Chiefs defense, is a solid defense. They, as we know, they are NFC, they are AFC championship game caliber defense. So they, it was there last year and lost against the Patriots. But, and then the Chiefs stats. I'm only bringing up really Matt Moore because I, I ended up picking him in fantasy because uh, Mahomes was out. So I did a good job of being a GM of my fantasy team. But he was 24 for 36, surprised me with 267 yards, two touchdowns. He was only sacked two times. Uh, Shady McCoy, LaShawn was out there for nine rushes. 40 yards, but had a game-changing fumble in the fourth quarter to give Packers to keep Packers ahead of the uh, Chiefs and continue to win. But other little key stats here: Tariq Hill, seven receptions for 76 yards; Travis Kelsey, four receptions for 63 yards and one touchdown; and McCole Hart Hardeman, who did you know did an outstanding job, fast receiver that um, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, is the offensive coordinator. If you remember him from Colorado days was able to put McCole in a different situation, it's kind of like Matt LaFord did with Aaron Jones, getting him in the slot, running running wide receiver screens with Hardeman, got him some big plays. He only had two receptions, but he torched the, the Packers defense for 55 yards and a touchdown. You know, So the part of the game where I was a little worried is when Aaron Jones went out with the shoulder injury, but he came right back in. And, and even though it's November 1st now, we're still, I'd say, leaving. Um, we're, we're not leaving October yet, so he was a nightmare in Chiefs Stadium when he came back from that shoulder injury, just shredding that Chiefs, a very good Chiefs defense. So, again, hats off to my man Aaron Jones and Jamal Mill Williams to uh, be effective with the running back from the, as a running back in the, in the um, Packers offense. You're listening to the Amon Green Show, Packers all-time leading rusher uh, with us. You mentioned, obviously, Amon Aaron Jones, and it continues to be the story. And is this is a guy who played the position pretty well last I checked. I mean, is this just is he just getting to that level where you're starting to put him in, in the elite status? Is it because LaFleur does have a different take than Mike McCarthy did? Is it because they have a lack of weapons with the injuries to Devontae Adams and Jones is stepping up? Like, what do you think more than anything is the biggest reason that Jones has been such a beast here the last, you know, four or five games? I'll say the biggest reason is Matt LaFleur's take on the running back. Uh, he has an open, I'll say, outside-of-the-box thinking. He's putting running backs where they started to put me in the slot you know, outside spread and not just as a decoy. So he's actually utilizing the running back in the slot, far split wide receiver screen that goes 60 yards for the touchdown as we saw last um, last week. So he's doing things. He, I don't know if he learned it from um, Sean McVay. I don't know if he learned it from his time under Cal Shanahan in Houston and Atlanta. I don't know, but he's learned it somewhere because those guys, if you watch their offenses, the way Sean McVay inputs Todd Gurley into that Rams offense, and the same thing that Kyle uh, Shanahan is doing with his two running backs out in San Francisco with Coleman and Barita. He's putting them everywhere in situations where, they, for one, they're never on the sidelines. They are on the field when the offense is on the field. So this is what Matt LaFleur is doing the same thing, is using the running backs in different ways. Jamal Williams is in and back in the end zone to catch that ball only because he split out as a wide receiver in goal-line situations. And because that throw, those little mismatch problems for a defense 
throws the defense off because they don't expect number 30, number 33, 45 to be on the, on the um, offensive line split out as a receiver. It just puts a different mix and makes them think differently. And no, they don't know sometimes a defense doesn't know how to adjust when they see that running back in the slot. So that's the, I say that's why we see Aaron. Jamal, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams doing what they're doing, being very effective and being integrated into that offense. And, and this is a good thing. This is going to help this team further down the line. See, I'm so glad I'm on. I mean, I, I love my guy Bosnia, a.k.a. Evo, but this is a good day for him to take a vacation day because, you know, he's a Mike McCarthy, huge apologist, and it would have been a tough scene for my guy Amon Green saying LaFleur's figured it out where McCarthy couldn't. So I'm glad Evo's got a day off today. This is, this is working out beautifully. Um, I say with comparison to Coach McCarthy, I think Coach McCarthy just lost his luster only because he lost his connection with his players. When you saw what we saw last year, him and Aaron Rodgers going back and forth in social media, in the media, that when you that's when I before that I knew the show was over. I knew the white flag got thrown in because when you're battling back and forth with your team, your players, you're not handling stuff in house. It's getting to us. It's getting to ESPN. It's getting to the Bleacher Report. It's getting to these other news outlets. That's a problem, and you're not focusing on football then. So once I saw that last year, actually it started the year before, back in uh, 2017. So just seeing the, the, those little red flags pop up, that's when you knew, uh-oh, the fix is in. But right now with this Packers offense and this Packers team, what I'm liking is they're on the same page. They're communicating. Uh, Matt LaFleur has revitalized or reboosted or reloaded or whatever, how you want to mention it, Aaron Rodgers. He's right now, I believe he's in the top five in passing yards. You know, in this game against Kansas City, one of the best defenses out there, along with the Packers defense, they scored early in offense. You know, they scored two touchdowns right away in the first quarter, but then Kansas City came back with two touchdowns and a field goal to end, end the half. But then second half, it was against Packers. They started with a field goal, and then fourth quarter, ending the game, with um, scoring in the first um, um, early first half of the fourth quarter, Kansas City scores, but then Aaron Jones has the 67-yard touchdown uh, um, reception and run from Aaron Rodgers to pretty, pretty much close it out, and defense did their job from there. And so this team, this defense, is looking very, I say, playoff ready because you got to have what I, all the things I just mentioned, all the little details I just mentioned, the offense scoring, defense shutting the other team down, and it's a good offense. Even without Mahomes, it still was a good offense the other night. So now we're looking at a defense that can bring home a victory if need be. And that's why that's what makes this team very scary for and very I say very scary for opponents, but for Packer fans and for Packer Nation, it's uh putting a smile on everybody's face there in Wisconsin and around the world. <clears throat> Yeah, you're listening to the uh, Mon Green Show. Uh, we'll get to the game coming up this weekend. You know, final final thought on last week and the last couple of weeks, Amon. Um, and you never want to apologize or you know feel bad about winning. But when you look at this stretch of games since Devontae Adams has gone out four games now, Packers four and zero in that. Uh, Aaron Jones has been the team's leading receiver three of those four games uh, as a former running back. I mean, is that can you ever say? I mean, is that a bad thing or a non-sustainable thing that a running back continues to be your leading receiver, or is it? Hey, man, if he is that great, for, it's just a label, man. All you're doing is taking an RB in front of the name or removing it. Like, what's your takeaway on Jones? You know, continuing to be clearly the best receiving option for the Packers while Adams is out. Um, my takeaway right now is good it's great it's good for the team and it's good for that offense moving down the line because now the defense not only has the game plan for kumaro 
Lazard, Graham, Williams, and then eventually Adams and Valdez Scatling and Allison, they got a game plan for Jones and Williams because so that's another <clears throat> we talk about nine receivers and that and trust me, as a defensive coordinator, having a game plan for that, that's a headache. Um, so that's a good problem to have your running back being a threat because now, like I said, linebackers that they have to face. They got to face Carolina. They got to face San Francisco, as we've seen last night, a very solid defense. So we got teams that they're coming up. They're going to have to find ways to beat them. Carolina has Luke Keekley, even in the offense, even though the offense is struggling. Luke Keekley is Luke Keekley. He's a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. He can stop the run game, I want to say by himself, but with his other team of linebackers because he reads defenses or he reads offenses. He studies film. He'll be ready to play in the next couple of weeks. So those type of teams coming down. And again, we have the Bears again. We have the Lions again. And we have the Vikings again. So those options are now, when you give Aaron Rodgers multiple receivers to go to, like any good quarterback, I, I've said this since day one of the show last year, any good quarterback doesn't just focus on one receiver. He hits all receivers. I'm looking at right now in last week's game, Aaron hit nine different receivers, you know, including both running backs, a tight end, and you know, five or six wide receivers. So that right there makes Aaron who Aaron is. Very dangerous. He knows the offense. He knows defenses. He knows schemes. So he's very comfortable, and we don't ever see him sweat, as we saw with that amazing throw he had in the back of the end zone to uh, to Jamal Williams. And you, and when you're that good, eventually you get there's luck that comes on your side because I think I don't think he even saw the ball where it went. He just knew he got it out of his hand as a throwaway, but it was a throwaway ended up as a touchdown. So those type of plays. When you prepare to win and you end up having plays like that just because you always prepare to do the right thing. <clears throat> hey, Amon, uh, final thought on that, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start our, our look ahead. Uh, are you surprised real quick uh, that the Packers didn't make a move uh, with the wide receiver this week for the trade deadline? Mm, I'm, you know what? No, I'm not. Um, I would have been surprised if we would have picked up A.J. Green or anybody that was uh, on the slate. But no, I'm not. I mean, and I'm and I'm not really like, oh man, we should have did this. No, because it's not broke. Don't try to fix it. We got receivers. We have a run game. We have running backs. We have defensive players are in place. It's not broke. Don't try to you know bring in somebody else that we think can um, interject something into this offense or defense. Now if we were struggling. Now if this team was struggling, then it would be different. Then you have like, yeah, we needed uh, AJ Green or we needed so and so from whatever team out there. But at this point, this team is hitting on all cylinders. For the most part, uh, cylinders, for the most part, everybody's healthy. So the good thing is they could go into a bye week that's coming real soon, and then they'll get recharged. And it'll be interesting down the stretch going into the November and December. I love it. We will uh, look ahead to this game. Uh, Mon sent uh, me the show loads last night. You got to talk more about the running backs. You got a Badger connection, obviously, Melvin Gordon, and the continued success of Aaron Jones. We'll preview Chargers and Packers. More of the Amon Green Show coming up. This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs> on in Houston. I'm in Green Bay, Nelly holding down the fort. But, hey, I'm on. That was one hell of a first segment, man. I mean, we, we should do this every week, bro. Hey, if it works, it works. But I like being in the studio. I like seeing you guys. I like you calling Evo Bosnia, you know, face-to-face. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's entertaining to me. You know, I just, I mean, for me, it's uh, I get to get to know you guys a little bit more. So, 
Well, Amon, when I wake up in the morning, my first priority <laughs> is is keeping Amon Green entertained. So I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I thought uh, it was just getting to work on time. That one. Oh, stop it, Nelson! Hey, Amon, I have not been late for work in like I'm working on a Brett Favre streak right now. I mean, I am the Iron Man of radio host hey. being on time right now. I am challenging hey. Brett Favre's streak. You're saying a whole lot there, Joe. So that's not right. Amon, if he's Okay. If he's going after Brett Favre's streak, <laughs> Brett Favre's still in a Falcons jersey. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is, it is a lot of, oh, I love a it. lot of radio and showing up on time. It has to be done. It has to be done. But uh, but hey, first first guys. we walk him on, then we run. Yes, you're right. And uh, run. We're talking about running. So we're talking about running backs here. We're looking at both uh, my man Melvin Gordon from Racine. Or from Kenosha, local boy. He's not coming back home, but he's playing against it. So I'm pretty sure he was a Packer fan, or he is a Packer fan when he was growing up. Um, but you got him facing the Packers. You got um, Austin, um, his teammate as well, doing great things for the Chargers offense. But overall, the Chargers offense and the head coach there, Anthony Anthony Lynn, is struggling. They had to fire Ken Wisenhunt, change offense coordinators midseason, which to me and in my opinion, not a great thing. They had to bring in Shane. Strecklin, who is the quarterback coach, is now the OC. So you see where their team is going. They're three and five. They have a pretty decent, decent defense, um, but the offense is struggling. But the good thing they are doing, they are getting their running game, their running back into the offense. You know, you got um, Eckler, who has seven carries for 250 yards and has had some great receiving yard, receiving touchdowns, as Aaron Jones has done with Matt Lafleur, interjecting him and Jamal, getting them downfield, making plays. Um, so both of those sides of the ball, I'm loving it because, like I mentioned, having the run game, having the running backs, doing different things. You know, for myself, it was more of the screen game. You know, I wasn't really catching running routes. I was catching a lot of passes, but I was not running routes as these guys are doing, which I'm impressed with, which, which I love because it shows how dynamic a running back sometimes has to be on a football field. Even Eckler and Gordon. Gordon, you know, even though he had the two-month holdout, is starting to get going a little bit. Hopefully the coordinator change can get him back in his groove because we know what he can do when he's running the ball. Running routes is becoming still a new thing to him. He's still a young running back in the league, has a lot to learn, but hopefully he can get things going this weekend against his hometown uh, Packers because I know I would be excited and say, hey, man, this is the team I grew up watching, and i got to play good against them. But I don't know. we we got to wait and see. All right, so Amon, help us out with this to that point because you know uh, Nelson and I are are kind of the uh, degenerate gamblers, and you know I'll, I'll, I'll own that. I'll, I'll I'll take it. But the Packers only a three point favorite, and a lot of people were kind of kind of miffed by that. You mentioned Gordon in the running game, and you know with him kind of coming back, it's only been a few weeks since he obviously into that holdout. Do you feel like one of the reasons maybe this game is closer than people give it credit for is that the Chargers are kind of, you know, getting healthy and getting their roster back together? You know, Hunter Henry, the tight end, was out to start the season. He's back. Obviously, Gordon back. That maybe the best is still yet to come for the Chargers this season? Um, it could be that. It could be just as simple as that. Because we have we seen – we know because we've seen it from past seasons, last season, seasons before with the Packers, with the injury buff. Guys are not selling the positions. I mean, even right now, the only one guy that we've had out of this offense that was productive before he was hurt is Devontae Adams. And he's coming back surely, but uh, surely, but slowly, but surely with the turf toe. And like I mentioned, 
turf toe is something you have to just get. You can't rush it. You got to give it time, let it heal up, and then eventually he'll, he'll be ready to go. He, he, he did practice this week. He was testing it, pushing off, slowing down, because that's the biggest thing for turf toe is pushing off that toe and then obviously planning and going because he's going to be doing a lot of that with being a wide receiver running his route. So when you have those those injuries happen, it can slow down an offense. It could put a claw, uh, a, I say a wrench in, the, in everything in the machine there in San Diego, and that's what you have to make changes, and um, that's what the Chargers head coach did, made a change, fired with a hunt to try something new. Hopefully this something new for their offense can be something that gets them going, even though we're playing in uh, Home Depot Stadium it's because that's even another big hurdle. It's not a home, really, a home field stadium. They don't have that advantage because it being a smaller stadium built for soccer games, but it, it's being played for football where the, with all the tickets being sold, it's a lot of Packer fans. As we know, the Packer um, faithful travel very well. It's a lot of Packer fans buying these tickets. And basically, I remember Aaron saying last year's stadium in L.A., the Coliseum, it was more Packer fans than Rams fans. So, again, that's what we're going to see the Chargers dealing with, is dealing with more Packer fans than Charger fans out there in Carson, California, for, uh, for this, this weekend's game. Uh, real quick, Amon, what do you think of the whole Melvin Gordon saga? You know, obviously held out to start the season, tried you know to, to force the Chargers' hand. They don't, they don't cave. He ends up coming back. Um, I mean, as a as a as a fellow running back, you got to feel bad, you know, for some of these guys, you know, trying to get paid at the position. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott did it and it worked. But you know, what's your take on Gordon? Because look, if Aaron Jones continues on this uh, path, we could be seeing the same thing here with, with Jones in a year or two in Green Bay, right? Um, potentially, we got to wait and see. It's all about stats. I say the difference between Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon was or were are the stats. Ezekiel Elliott has been the NFL's leading rusher, seasonal leading rusher since he's been in the league or in the top five since he's been in the league. Melvin Gordon has been in the league longer, putting up good numbers, but he's been injured a lot. He, I remember his rookie year. Two years after that, it was a knee ankle, shoulder, it's different parts of him that are, you know, being being tested, obviously, the injuries. Um, so that what made his negotiation very hard with the Chargers. He didn't have that leverage to hold against them to say, hey, I've done this, this, and this for the team. Now I'm old this. So that's why his holdout didn't go. It didn't work because from the number standpoint, and it's all about numbers when it comes down, when it comes down at the end of the day in terms of getting paid or not getting paid, it's the numbers that they put up. What type of yardage, how many games were won and lost with you being in the game? Were you a factor? And how much of a factor were you won? Was it 70% of the offense or, or 50% of the offense or what have you? The GMs, the negotiators, trust me, they look at that stuff. And that's what my, I know him very well. He's a young, great young man. But the only thing that was going against him was the, his production. And his production was hurt by his uh, injuries that he's had so far early in his career. So that's what was the difference between Melvin Gordon get, not getting a deal and Ezekiel getting a deal down in Dallas. And then knowing and still putting up the numbers. He's still producing, being a factor in that Dallas offense as we've seen. This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah, so we got Aaron Rodgers here. We got the bad man. He's like bad moon rising. Putting up good yardage here. He is getting, I say, rebooted in Matt LaFleur's offense. He is second in the league 
right now with 2,324 yards passing. And he has got his team on a four-game winning streak, and he's doing things, you know, un- I don't say not uncharacteristically, but he's doing things that when you are already a good player, and when you're just doing something like throwing the ball away, you're making big things happen. He was throwing the ball away, like we already talked about here on the show, to um, out of the end zone because there was nobody he thought was open, but he did find Jamal Williams. He was staying alert, caught the ball, another touchdown for the Packers in the, in the third quarter there. So that right there is, I say, putting a smile on Mr. Rogers' face. He has a new movie coming out, so that's probably another reason he's happy, but that's about another Mr. Rogers. I'll just, I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> uh, but he is playing dangerous football for defensive coordinators planning to try to stop him. So Anthony Lynn, I know, has got more gray hairs and lost more sleep dealing with knowing that he has to deal with Aaron Rodgers coming to his home field. He's fired his offensive coordinator to try to get more points on the scoreboard for his own offense. So defensively, I think he's very comfortable. But, but as we know, as we saw with the Bears, as we're, as we're watching with the Bears, if you don't have an offense that cannot score points and stay on that field long enough, that defense cannot be that defense, that threatening defense that they have, that they are. They have Ingram. They have Joey Bosa, who we'll talk about later. Guys who can put pressure on the quarterback, guys who can't stop the run game, but if they're too tired from the fourth quarter because they got way too much time on that football field, that uh, defense cannot be effective. But when you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers, trust me, he'll take full advantage of a tired defense of a defense that jumped, as we've seen him always throw downfield on an offside pass or play penalty. He's trying to take, you know, get, get a play out of it because if it's a fumble, it's a dead play anyway. So he's doing things like that. So Anthony Lynn, that defense, got a lot to deal with with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur coming up with – we already, already threw out there mad scientists through another guy. I don't know. I got to come up with something different because they're coming with exotic plays that's getting every weapon of Aaron Rodgers that's at his at his resource in in action on the football field. Hey, Amon, you're ta- visiting with uh, Packers all-time leading rusher, Amon Green. It is the Amon Green Show here on the Wisconsin Sports on Radio Network. You know, we were talking about, you know, last hour about, you know, what what's the biggest reason for the uh, emergence of Aaron Jones this season. Let me ask you the same question about Rodgers, uh, because right now, I mean, it, it's either probably Russell Wilson or, or, or Aaron Rodgers, um, for for the MVP, uh, you base you know you look at the last couple of years and people are wondering is you know is is he closer to the end of the beginning? Obviously, Roger is having a a renaissance year. So same question as as we asked earlier with, with Aaron Jones. What do you think is the biggest reason for this season that Aaron Rodgers is having? Um, one of the biggest reasons is Matt Lafleur. Uh, they've gotten on the same page at the same time. He, Matt Lafleur has come in and uh, and like any new head coach especially of today's times, they have to come in and get the buy-in on the players. And if they got to at least get the players that have already been in-house for years just a little bit to like you, they, they don't have to love you year one. They just got to like you, a, I say, a little bit. They get that like. And I think these guys like Matt LaFleur a lot right now and that coaching staff because they are 7-1. and one. So that's an easy way to like the people that they got to take um, instructions from. So with that right there, and then showing him and being showing Aaron, okay, this is what we could do with this formation, with these players, with these personnel, and saying, this is what's your input. And he's, I know he's asking Aaron his input, and that's what you got to do with a good player. If you're a good coach, you ask your players, no matter the position, running back, quarterbacks, wide receivers, even offensive linemen, even linebackers, defense, D line, and safeties. You say, what? 
play are you comfortable running? A quarterback, what plays are you comfortable throwing? What play, what's your favorite route to throw? You ask the quarterback that, you know, those type of things, and he'll tell you. Um, what type of plays do you like to run in the situation? And Aaron might say, no, you know, in this situation, I might want to give the ball to Aaron or Jamal, you know, because those, that's just conversation. So you bring Aaron into the conversation and not try to say, oh, this is my team. You know, you run what I tell you to run. That's kind of where we felt where last year went with him and McCarthy towards uh, McCarthy uh, in uh, his coaching career. So I believe Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, these new coaches that are coming in, and some of the old school coaches that had to learn new ways to coach, they're bringing in that part of I got to get to know my player, and he's not just some I'm a di- I'm, he's not just a guy I'm dictating information to to do it like this because I know how to win. I know, but you're not throwing the football. Aaron's throwing the football. Tom Brady's throwing the football. Drew Brees is throwing the ball. Ty Gurley, Aaron Jones is running the ball. So you asking these players, what do you like to do? Because you've got to be comfortable to run the plays, execute, and get the ball downfield. And that's what we're seeing with Aaron. He is, as, as I've known him, very easygoing guy. He wants to win. He's very competitive. But if you make it easy on him by giving throws, that he things that he likes to do, throws that he likes to throw, routes that he likes to see his receivers run to get open, he's going to get it there. He's going to make sure they're the only person that catch the ball. And, he's, and he, right now he's getting that. And he could keep that going down the year, and he's getting a lot of opportunities because that defense is getting the ball back, creating sacks, creating three and outs, and doing their job as from um, Zadarius uh, Smith and Preston Smith as well. All this guy, Drake Martinez, is making plays to get that ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hand. <clears throat> you know, one of the other reasons Amon uh, Rodgers having such a good year is uh, the protection, and you know he was just getting the crap beat out in the last couple of years. And uh, the offensive line has done a really good job keeping that jersey clean. That being said, you have one of the best you know pass rushers. You mentioned you know Joey Bosa in the game, and that Charger D line when it's going and when it's healthy is one of the best. Uh, talk about the challenges that the Packer offensive line has on Sunday, and what's been your takeaway? on the offensive line because, you know, just like any great player and maybe the best player, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you give a great player time, he's going to carve you up. Like, what's your takeaway on this Packer roll line and, and what the Chargers are going to try and do on Sunday? Well, just defensively, you know, they, they brought in the senior linebacker, or I say veteran, uh, Thomas Davis Sr. from uh, North Carolina, from the Carolina Panthers. And you got Joey Bosa, you got Ingram, who are all pro bowl guys. Casey Hayward, again, having a, he's been a pro bowler since he's got on the Chargers a roster, so he's going to he's going to be apt up to play well um, every time he plays against them because he once was a Packer, and I think every player has that in them. In them, like I mentioned, um, Melvin Ingram the third, he's been been out lights out, getting sacks, making tackles when they're fresh. If if uh, I said a problem or when we watch this game on Sunday and it'll become a serious game, like oh man, we're playing football. It's, it's Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon in that offense get going and they match blow for blow with the Packers as did the Chiefs. We'll see a heck of a game because that defense is a high caliber defense. They've done it before. If you watch last season for the Chargers, they had to pull together uh victories at the end of that season to get into the playoffs. Even though it was a wild card burst, they got into the playoffs to do what they did, create problems for offenses, which they can get the defensive ends going with Bosa and Ingram and that's where we are, you know, as we saw, as we're watching, we're seeing our games, the Packers game, be won by Smith and uh, Smith getting in there, causing havoc. They have 14 sacks between the both of them, both of, both of them. And so Ingram and Bosa, it'd be another um, 
big game, serious game if we see for them. Because right now, Bosa is sitting at seven sacks. We have Ingram sitting at no, one sack right now. So that's eight sacks between them. Not as productive, but still can be effective once they, if they're fresh and can play football like they want to. Uh, visiting with Packers all-time leading rusher, it is the uh, Amon Green Show. We'll get to uh, game day predictions uh, coming up in our uh, in our final segment uh, here after the break. Uh, before we get to that, Amon, I've got a couple of minutes uh, to go here in this segment. We are at the halfway point of the season. Green Bay sitting at seven and one, and Ebo and I did this uh, earlier in the week. You know, if, if you did a redo, and Amon Green, one of the smartest dudes I know, so I know Amon doesn't need a redo <laughs> on his Packers season predictions. But for those people that didn't believe in the Packers, because of course you and I are smart guys, Amon, we had them at seven and one at the midway point. But for those people not named Joe Miller and Amon Green who didn't have them, what do you think about this team sitting right now? at the halfway point of the season in 7-1, and, and what do you think is, you know, big picture where this thing could be heading? Ah, oh, man, I'm, it's a good position to be sitting at right now. We're looking at November, first weekend of November, and you're 7-1. and one. We have Chargers coming, or they got to go to Chargers. They're going to be at home against the uh, Panthers next weekend. The only the tough game coming up, the one tough game right now, is November 24th in San Francisco against 49ers. And 49ers could be undefeated at that time. They could still be undefeated. They potentially could be ten and zero, or nine and zero at that game, at that game's kickoff come uh, November twenty fourth. So that's the one, two big games. And then, like I mentioned, they still got the Bears. They still have the the Vikings, and they have the Lions. And we know how the NFC ends, or NFC is face to face. They beat each other up. This division coined the Black and Blue division years ago is for very good reason. So you just look at the two games there. The first two games coming up, Chargers, Panthers, 49ers, and then Giants, which should be a win, but 49ers, we don't know yet. Redskins, again, should be a win. They're struggling. But then you fin- finish the season with, a, I say, a vicious cycle of games, of teams that know each other, know the Packers very well in terms of the Vikings, in terms of the Bears, in terms of the Lions. And the Lions, they finish with the Lions in Detroit. So the last two games are on the road in Detroit and Minneapolis. So those right there is going to really test this team. And those, I say this road games right here will make them playoff ready to go into January. They take it, try to take it all the way to February down to Miami. So right now I'm liking the position, but also they're going to get tested very well. So this season for the Packers is saying, Oh, you're good right now, but let's see how good you really are in the next month and a half of football left. So that's what I'm excited for, and that's why I'm, I'm happy where they are because they have a better shot because they have the mental. I say the mental is built in because this defense and this offense is firing in all cylinders. Well, the next big one is this Sunday in L.A. We'll get our uh, game day predictions with Aman coming up and uh, look ahead to next week. Uh, also, you know, Aman, you're a huge D-Bag of the Week fan, right? Big one. Who's on their list now? <laughs> That's all I want oh, oh, hang on. I'm on. This is called the tease in the business. Uh, I'll tell it. Don't okay. answer it. We got okay. Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. It's a co-nomination versus Baker Mayfield. So oh. you think about that during the break. Baker we want to know who you're going to vote for for D-Bag of the Week. It's big time, okay. Amon. It's big time. More of the Amon Green Show coming up. Stick around. This is the Amon Green Show. Brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. So, thank you for the intro there. So, we got Chargers 
at home against these Packers. They've probably been out there since uh, Wednesday, getting used to that, acclimated to that West Coast weather. You know, we coming out of uh, Milwaukee left a blizzard, literally. Um, I think it's about three to five inches down here in Houston. It's about 65 degrees, and they think it's freezing. I'm like, get your mind right. Um, same thing out in L.A. So the Packers are like, man, getting off the plane, this is awesome. So I know they're ready to play some good football because they're in nice weather. And then Matt LaFleur, I believe he has a little Cali connection too. I think he might be from there. I'm not sure. Got to do my homework on that. But uh, these guys are going, regardless of the seating capacity, that doesn't matter to the players. It doesn't matter to the Packers. They're going to come here and try to get their eighth win. And so right now, you kind of see where I'm going. I'm going with the Packers. Um, winning against the Chargers, they're struggling. What I don't like about what's going on with the uh, with the Chargers is their offensive change. Firing Ken Wilson Hunt midseason or player. What that looks like is, oh my God, I got to learn a few new plays that something I shouldn't have to be thinking about come midseason. So just imagine you at your you're at your job, and then the boss gets fired or a manager gets fired that was dictating your day. And now you got to learn new stuff within a couple of hours or your job is on the line. Hmm. So that's where you see these midseason um, charges are kind of sitting at. It's like, man, i got to learn some new things. We're playing at a high level of football, and now we got one of the best teams, the hottest teams in the NFL coming to our house, and we got to deal with this offensively, and we don't know exactly what's the, the comfort level with the run plays or the pass plays that are about to be called this Saturday, this Sunday. Hmm. That's going to be tough. So that's where not only that's one reason, but for many other reasons, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Jadarius Smith, Preston Smith, the defense is why I'm picking the Packers to win this weekend uh, in Home Home Depot out in California against the Chargers. So they have yeah, because Amon, the most important everything. thing is good teams win and great teams cover. So that 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 well, let's just get that right out of the way. That's, uh, yeah, that's your you guilty think? pleasure talking right there. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I gotta feed my addiction. Come on, let's let's yeah. be clear here. But you mentioned the. <laughs> we talked about this a lot this week. That you know, out of this, it's a, it's a. Well, two questions for you as an ex-player. You're playing in an arena. You know, professional football stadiums are sixty, seventy, eighty thousand seat arenas. This is a soccer stadium, so there's only twenty five thousand seats. So, a, what's your take on being in a small arena? And then, b, that according to the secondary ticket market, somewhere roughly between seventy and eighty percent of the tickets are being bought by Packer fans. So is it really a road game when you have more fans than the other team? And what do you think about playing in a stadium that's like a third of the size as mm-hmm. most stadiums you're used to playing in? Yeah, well, that's why I brought it up earlier in the segment in the show here because that is a huge factor. When you have the tickets that are being sold at low price of $300, the Packer fans already budgeted this thing two years ago. <laughs> that's how skilled and organized Packer fans, that's why they travel so well. And not only, you go to every major city in the world, I want to just say America, in the world, there is a Packer bar that that fans that are Packer fans can go watch it somewhere in Torrance, yeah, Los Angeles, Gardenia, Gardena, uh, San Diego area, trust me. So they're going to be already pulling their money together to buy tickets for 20, 30 fans just in the living area of Home Depot Stand, which is a Carson and Torrance area. So that is a huge factor. So then as a player coming in, I remember seeing this for the first time. I'll go back to my college days. As a Nebraska Cornhusker, we played the Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks 
in their stadium my freshman year. And even though Jayhawk colors are blue, uh, red, and white, trust me, there was more red and white Husker fans in that stadium that night my uh, my freshman year. It was amazing. So now, flip that all, go fast forward back to now, to now, is that the Packers are going to see more green and gold instead of more gold and, and baby blue in that stand, only because there's twenty five to 30,000 seats available. And trust me, Packer fans probably have 20,000 of those tickets bought last year. They game plan. They're ready. They're ready to support their winning Packers and getting another victory, being you know going potentially eight and one for this season, and then have a um, then have Carolina and then 49ers and then break or a break before the 49ers. Um, so that's good for them. Um, that for the Chargers, it's a headache. You can't really get comfortable. You can't get the crowd behind you. The crowd is actually more of the crowd of the opposing team, so they're making Fuller Rivers use hand signals to his O-lineman, his receivers, and that's the home team. So that's a good thing for the, another good reason why they're going to win this game come uh, Sunday. Hey, I'm on to that point. Uh, what was the, the, uh, the arena or the, the city or the fan base that you just couldn't stand going to? Was there one that, whether it was the, just the, the conditions of the field mm-hmm. or the locker room or the fan base that just drove you bonkers when you played? It wasn't no. I, I was a gamer. I was a for one. I love playing sports. I love playing football, um, and so I would just enjoy. I was a I was a fanboy playing the game, and so different stadiums I would go to. I'm like, oh man, this is cool. I played in Candlestick. I grew up a 49ers fan. Man, this is where the Hogs played. I played in Redskin, you know, in Washington Stadium, even though it's called FedEx now. Um, I would say the the stadiums I had fun with, and we mentioned them before on this on this show is. Philadelphia Stadium, Lincoln Financial, and then Old Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Those fans, those stadiums have a lot of historic and just character. When you have a jailhouse in your stadium, says a whole lot to me. <laughs> okay, from Lincoln Financial or in Veterans to Lincoln Financial, they have a courthouse that on on the spot, judge and jury can arrest a fan for being belligerent have to go to jail and let it sleep it off for the night so when the stadium has a jailhouse hey man thumbs up that means they're making they're protecting the other innocents and uh, innocent fans trying to enjoy the game get them away from all the degenerates that are drunk and belligerent and causing problems and then i would say the raiders raider oakland alameda the raider fans always fun to talk to great conversation they might they may mistake you for another player which they did they thought i was joey galloway um when they're yelling at me um, obscenities, things like that. And I said, hey, you know what? I'll send the message to Joey when I get in the locker room. So those stadiums, I say I have fun with. As a, as a player, you just got to laugh at all. This is part of the game. They're there to watch you play. They might want you to lose or get hurt, but they're there to watch football. And uh, you just got to take it in for what it is. <laughs> oh, and uh, by the way, final thought of mine, it's not called drunk and belligerent people. It's called Nelson's. So that's what when we get when we get a few too many pops in Nelson. That's what he turns oh, into. You should have seen him at our beer release party last week. Oh man, tough scene. Hey, hey, we got a couple more months hopefully, and then I'll be back in the studio. So we maybe I'll see this firsthand soon enough. Amon, that's called <laughs> fake news and projection. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, right, Nelson, Nelly. he speaks. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Oh man. Hey, you gotta. You gotta. I say. Drown out the fake news, Nelly. Drown it out. We know it's fake news. I got your back.
<laughs> I appreciate hey, uh, that. Ahmad, we got yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, so, where, 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 when will uh, what's the next stop for Amon Green? Any, uh, any? I, I see uh, the new Call of Duty uh, coming out. My son just got the new uh, NBA uh, 2K. Okay. Like, give me like we got like two minutes left. Give me what's what's the latest and greatest on the video game trail for you so these right days? Now, yeah, the, on the video game channels on Twitch and Mixer, I'm getting back to because October Horror Game Month is over. It went well, um, but now I'm getting back to my normal gameplay of playing some Madden. Playing some Halo. The new Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out. Modern Warfare came out last Friday, October 25th. So I already pre-downloaded it. I'm gonna get it all the way download and get into the campaign first, and then get in some online play. But then also start playing my fighting games that I love. It's Super Smash Brothers now and Tekken Seven. That's my all-time great fighting game that I'm good at and I enjoy as well. And uh, finish off Assassin's Creed, the epic story of the odyssey on an assassin's Creed odyssey so finish that off and gears of war 5 haven't finished that yet so i got a lot of little things games i got to double dabble with and uh before my if you want to follow me on twitch i'm a mon green tv on twitch and mixer check me out gaming two three times a week so we could still talk packer football i have no problem talking sports while i'm getting headshots on halo or doing a um overhead back <laughs> kick on tekken or what have you so <laughs> come check me out Watch me play some video games. It is a thing because everybody's like, what, man? People come on there to watch you play video games? I said, don't you sit and watch the Packers play football on TV? They're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Exactly. It's the same Amon, anybody who says that clearly doesn't have a son between the age of like 8 and 16 because if you did, you'd know that is like more popular than anything on the planet right now is watching people play video games. So people who say that, they're just all wet. Exactly. Or they don't have a husband between the age of 30 and 45 that streams <laughs> online as well. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I love it, man. Uh, great stuff. I will leave you with this, Amon, as you uh, have 70-degree weather today in Houston. I just updated my forecast on my phone. 21 degrees here in Wisconsin the first day of November. 21 degrees to start the month of November. So there you go. That's what you get to come home to here in a couple of days. I can't wait. And real quick, I want to say good luck to my Freedom Irish. They have a playoff game against St. Croix tonight, so good luck. Get the victory. I'm ready to coach next week for the third round of Level 3 playoffs in Wisconsin. I love it. Yeah, some great uh, round two of uh, high school football playoffs. Thank you, my man. Have a uh, safe and uh, healthy weekend, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next weekend. All right. Thank you, guys. See you next week. There he is, Packers all-time leading rusher, Amon Green.